0: All right, Freedom House. Man, it's been such a great day in the house of God today. were not you guys thankful to be in church today? Man, I'm so thankful. I'm glad that you guys decided to wake up and come be with us this morning. I want to give a shout out to everybody joining us online. We have people from California, Florida, Georgia, Indiana, Virginia, Maryland, Maine, Pennsylvania, New York, Tennessee, and South Carolina, Thank you for being here today. Thank you for joining us, our online church family. I always love to hear where people are tuning in from. And so today we are continuing our series called Dark Versus Light. And we have a special guest with us today. Pastor Matt and Pastors Jill are all the way from St. Augustine, Florida, where they pastor a church called Colonial Church down there, which is an amazing church from what I hear. And uh, they're here with us today. Pastor Jill was leading us in worship this morning. And on Friday, if you were here at Authentic, she was helping to usher in the presence of God there and uh, I'm so excited we got to hear their message first service you guys are in for a treat so if you would Freedom House would you stand up on your feet and welcome Pastor Matt McClory
1: awesome hey can you stay standing for just a second Stay standing for just a second. I want to do something that I think is so important that we do. I want to honour your pastors here at Freedom House Church. Can we thank Pastors Troy and Pastor Penny for their, their leadership? We honour you today. What an amazing church, incredible church. Why don't you say hi to someone and take a seat? Um, it's so good to see you. Thank you for being here today. Um, I got introduced to Pastor Troy a couple of years ago, funnily enough, on the golf course. That's a joke. Um, he plays a lot of golf, and he's very good. But I met him a couple of years ago, and uh, we just hit it off straight away, and I'm just so thankful for this church, and I'm so thankful for leaders like Pastor Troy and Pastor Penny because they, they, they love the next generation. I'm a little bit younger, and, um, and I look at what they're doing, and I love their leadership, and I just love being in this church. So thanks for having me. It's so good. It's so good. Um, well, my name is Matt, like I said before. Can I show you a picture of my family? Here we go. Ready? That's us, that's our crew, that's the McClory family and that's my wife Jill, my significantly better half who you've already met and uh, that is our three children, that's Maisie who's 12, she's our little princess, can do no wrong and there are our two little rednecks, Jack and Charlie, Jack is nine, Charlie is eight and please pray for them because they need Jesus, (laughs) they need Jesus in their life now, we love them so much and it's been so good to be here in Charlotte, and to be hanging out here and seeing your amazing city. It's kind of my first time actually getting to spend some time in Charlotte, so we've enjoyed it so much. Um, Did you bring your Bible to church? Three people came with a Bible to church, it's okay. It's between you and the Lord. I'm just kidding, we'll have it on the screen right behind me, but we're gonna gonna be reading from Matthew chapter five, and uh, I'm excited about this series you guys are in, Dark and Light, and I love that it's presented in that bumper as a choice, isn't it, church? So it's actually presented as a choice. We can live in the light. We can move towards the things of God, which is so cool. But in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is talking to the hearers at the time, and he's teaching them about the kingdom of God. But he says something in here that I believe will help us today. He talks about us being salt and light. In verse 13, he says this, you are the salt Let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I wanna preach a message today. This is the title today, Living Salty. Living Salty, let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. Father, we're so grateful for the power of your word. Thank you that it transforms our lives. It changes us. It helps us. It shapes us and it molds us. So bless your people with your word today. Father, I pray you would, Especially bless Freedom House Church, Lord. Thank you for every single person here today, every single person that makes up this beautiful church, these beautiful people. Father, we pray for the other campuses that are meeting right now. Lord, we thank you, they're not as good as Central Campus. <laughs> and Father, we thank you for the kids that are meeting in the kids' ministry as well. We pray you'd bless them too, in Jesus' name. We all said, Amen. Amen. I love salt water. I am, you probably worked out by now, I'm Australian. If you haven't worked that out by yet, I'm a bit worried about you. But I am your quintessential Aussie beach bum. I could live by the beach for the rest of my days and be completely happy, but the Lord has work for me to do. But I love the salt water. I love going to the beach. I love getting in and out of the surf. I love being around the salt water. I love that feeling, that caked on feeling of salt when you get back from the beach. You know, when you're rinsing things off and it just feels like you've got all this salt over you. Isn't it interesting that you feel different when you've been in salt water? I wanna talk to you today from Matthew 5 about the difference that God will make through your life through the salt that he's given you. I wanna talk to you today, maybe persuade you, encourage you today, put hope in you today to start to apply some of the saltiness that God has given you in your world. Jesus uses two things, and he contrasts them to make a big point. He says this, you are salt of the earth. And then he says, but you are the light of the world. He uses two completely separate, two completely different things. This is classic contrast teaching, classic rabbi teaching to show two completely different things to make one big point. He's talking about the difference between you and me. He says one of he says you're salt, but you're light. Light, if you think about it, it's visible. It's external. Light is loud. When it goes into it, you turn the light on in a room, man, the darkness just goes away. Light is loud. I mean, look at these. Freedom House Church has a light anointing. I have a spirit of jealousy coming over me as a pastor of church being in here because of these lights and these LED screens... Lord help me. But light's loud, it's it's visible, it's external. But then think about salt. It's not loud. It's not external, it's kind of almost invisible. It's a completely different thing, but he's using these this contrast to make a point. Salt is is has the ability to change us, and salt is like what Jesus does in our lives. He changes us friends from the inside out one is visible one is not visible one is external one is internal but both have the ability to transform everything that it touches and that's your life he says you are the salt of the earth in the bible the salt salt is actually a very important symbol In the Bible, there's lots of different symbols for different things, but you can just think of a couple. We sang about the blood today, the blood of Jesus. That's an example of God's love for us. That that blood is poured out. Think about oil, representing the Holy Spirit. Think about water, which is obviously water baptism. But also salt is a symbol that's used and talked about in the Bible many different times. Um, Wars have been started and nations have been established because of salt, because of the value of salt, Roman soldiers would be paid in salt. The word that we, our word salary is actually comes from the word, the Latin word salt. In the Bible, it talks about salt a lot. In Leviticus 2, when, when the instructions were given to the, uh, to the priests, they were told to use salt. Leviticus 2 and verse 13, it says, every offering was to include salt as part of the offering process says, you shall season all your grain offerings with salt. 2 Chronicles 13 and verse 5 says, ought you not to know that the Lord God of Israel gave the kingship over Israel forever to David and his sons by a covenant, look at this, of salt. In Ezra chapter 6 and Exodus 30, it's also included in the incense that was prepared. And then in the New Testament, the same language, the same imagery is applied to our New Testament faith in Jesus Christ and the way that through our life and your life, the effectiveness and the usefulness can be put on display in our world. Look at this, Colossians 4 verse 6. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So why is living salty so important? And how does the light shine through it? I've got three points for you today. The first is this, salt preserves there's a reason Jesus says salt. It's because salt preserves things. It keeps things. It keeps things for longer. It makes them last. They would place a high value on salt in the ancient world because when they would travel and they would put salt on food and goods that would need to travel, it would, make, it would extend the life. I once heard a story about a boy who had a salt deficiency um, and it was at a time, a long time ago, when they didn't understand exactly what that was, but he knew instinctively that when he ate salt, and when he had salt, his body would feel better. And so he would, he, he would um, recognize when he was needing it, and, and they found lots of little salt packets all through his belongings, and he didn't understand why. He just knew that when he had salt, he felt better. Do you know that's us? Do you know that's the church? See, the world doesn't understand us, but they need us. They don't get us, but they need us. The world needs the church to keep, to last, to stop the world from completely going into decay. The world needs the salt of the earth, which is you and me and the church. Think about it. Salt doesn't change when it's applied to meat. The meat changes, not the salt. And I want you to think about Christians and the church and, and us being in society. We often complain and see things at a society level We're like, oh, you're yeah, taking, taking God out of the schools and we know what's going on. We're smarter than that. We've read our Bibles. This is a spiritual battle. This is a battle over salt. The reason that you're in the world today, can I just encourage you, they could take stuff out of the schools, but you're still there. They could take it all out of society, but you still start your business in the morning and head off to work. See, it's interesting that sometimes we can think that, but then we forget that God might use us. Here's why this is important. Salt's an invisible thing that goes to work in the unseen. It's not a loud thing, but it's something that changes whatever it's applied to. It's exactly the same with your life. Whatever God chooses to apply you to, whatever industry, whatever family member, whatever friend, whatever co-working situation you're in, you will change whatever it is that you're applied and you're added to. You are the salt of the earth. So number one, salt preserves. Number two, salt enhances. About to make you hungry this morning. But in other words, salt, the reason Jesus used that is because salt makes things taste better. Not only does salt keep, makes things last, but it also adds flavor, I mean, come on, how much better does a steak taste when it's first been salted? I mean, if you don't like steak, you need Jesus. We're <laughs> I mean, gonna have a little prayer meeting for you down the front after the service. I'm just kidding. But I love steak. But it's interesting how things, the, the, the flavor is enhanced with salt. The level of flavor can, can actually go up, can increase. Did you know that you as a believer can actually have bad salt or good salt. You can actually have incredible salt, but the choice is yours. It says in Psalm 34 and verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. I want to preach the truth today. You have the ability with your life to make God attractive through the way you live. Now, now God doesn't need any help. But through the way you live, he allows us to show him off in a way so that people encounter us and say, man, there's something about this. There's something about this person. God is using this this person in an incredible way and things open up. It's kind of like my little illustration here. You know, we could just have any kind of salt. And if Jewel, this is kind of like our our house situation. Jewel would be like, hey, babe, can you go get some salt? This is what I would come back with. I'm so cheap sometimes. i probably just go to a cafe and pick up some of these salt packets. Say, is is, is this good enough? She'd be like, No, that's not good enough. It's an example of bad salt. But on this other side, this is kind of like what we got going on in our house this beautiful Mediterranean dish filled with these too expensive salt flakes. (laughs) Probably came in from the Mediterranean. But this is good salt. That's why Jesus, he makes a point. He says, You are the salt of the earth. He says, but if salt loses its flavor, what's the whole point of it? You just throw it out on the road and let people walk on it. You and I, we can actually increase the salt quality in our lives. I wanted to this morning, if it's okay, I wanted to give you six ways that you could increase your salt quality and make the world around you better as you shine your light. The first way is this. We can pray to God and then we can pray for others. Did you know when you are in tightly bonded, praying relationship with God, that you're in an incredible position to be an influence in your world. But then when you step out and pray for someone else, man, you're salty. You're producing some salt right there. You're extending some salt out in your world because what's happening is in your relationship with God and you're interceding for somebody else. I'm grateful today that when people encounter Freedom House Church, they're better off because you guys make it so appealing to want to be in God's presence. People should encounter the church and instantly be better off because we carry the hope of the world with us everywhere we go. So you can pray to God and pray for others. Another thing you could do is you could read the Bible and share a verse. When is the last time you text someone a verse that stood out to you? And in doing so, you realize that the reason it stood out to you was because you were meant to just pass it along. See, God, it's, it's like this, like God's given you a verse, something that really stood out to you, and then you go through your day, and you realize, oh, this is actually for someone else, and then you start to apply the salt, and things begin to change for them, and they respond to you, come on, this has it happened to you before you send someone a text, and they're just like, man, I was in such a dark place, you sent that to me at the perfectly the right time, it was a word in season, it was for me, it's called being salty, Another thing we can do is we can live a life of purity before the Lord. If you're in here today and you're young and you're on your own, can I just encourage you as you choose to say, God, I'm going to live holy before you. You know, salt is a purifier. As we choose to go for God's standard in our lives, it's another way that we can sprinkle salt in our world and people around us notice and be like, man, that's crazy. You, You live a certain way, I'm interested. And people are attracted to that. Another thing we can do is we can share our story and testify to the goodness of God. I love that Pastor Morgan did that this morning. You just basically shared your story to the whole church about how God rescued you. Can I just encourage you? People need to hear your story. People need to hear about how God saved you. People need to hear about how God healed you. People need to hear about Jesus. And as they hear it through your story, there is nothing, that is pure salt from heaven. You're sharing your story. And people might not necessarily agree with God, but they will never be able to disagree with your story because you lived it. It's your testimony. Sharing your story about God's faithfulness is nothing quite like your story. It's the highest quality salt that you've got. Another way we can do is we can invite someone in our world to church to save them a seat. Some of you need to put a salt packet down on a seat to save it for someone, Aren't you thankful you're planted in a church where sometimes all it takes is just getting people here? You're like, man, if I could just get them in the room and I know the worship's gonna start and I know the singing's gonna happen and I know people are gonna start entering into the presence of God and they're gonna get caught up in it and all of a sudden they're gonna find themselves in the presence of God. And can I just encourage you, There's anything could happen in that moment right there. But what you've done is you've got them there. You've, you've, you've been salty. You've asked them to come to church. Sometimes we under, underestimate the power of just a simple invite. Talk about a little salt. Man, what about when we believe for someone's healing? We're adding salt in. You know, salt is used in, in, in healing rituals as well. And it was, it's, it's a healing force too. Same spiritually. Second Kings chapter two, there's a story where Elijah is succeeded by Elisha. And in that moment, he's approached by some men of Jericho. It's in uh, verse 19. It says, now the men of, of the city said to Elisha, behold, the situation of this city is pleasant as my Lord sees, but the water is bad and the land is unfruitful. He said, bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went to the spring of water and threw salt in it and said, thus says the Lord, I have healed this water, and from now on, neither death nor miscarriage shall come from it. So the water has been healed to this day. Friend, I wonder what could happen to the landscape of your life, to the world that God's put you in, as you put a little bit of salt in it, as you choose to step out in faith and say, God, I'm believing for that person's healing. When we pray for the sick, I love praying for for people that don't know God to pray for them to get healed. Nobody ever says no to that, by the way. But what's happening is I'm just choosing in that moment to grab a little bit of salt, say, "Hey, you got a cold? Can I lay my hand on you and pray? Are you going through an illness? there a little breakthrough, and what we're doing is we're just sprinkling a little bit of salt. And God's changing things in the supernatural. God's changing things in the spirit realm. Salt's a healing thing. I think about a city like Charlotte. Man, it's just simply better because you are in it. Simply better because this church is in it. Simply better because the greater church is here and it's active and it's alive and it's shining light, but it's also being salt. So salt's a preserver. Number two, salt enhances and makes things better. And number three, salt is eternal. The reason that salt is so symbolic in the Bible is because it's symbolic of what lasts. And you know what lasts? Jesus Christ. He's the same yesterday. Come on, somebody. Same today, and he's the same forever. It's a symbol of God's eternal work that somehow through us deciding to say, you know, I'm going to live my life salty. I'm going to believe that God's going to use me to change the world around me. We connect other people to God's eternal saving grace. Jesus, as he's speaking to the the people in Matthew chapter 5, it sounds like he's just talking about salt, but he's not. He's talking about connecting them to God's eternal purpose. Numbers 18 and verse 19, it says all the holy contributions that the people of Israel present to the Lord, I give to you and to your sons and daughters with you as a perpetual due. Listen to it. He says, it is a covenant of salt forever before the Lord for you and for your offspring with you. When Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, what he was saying was this, you are going to be used for other people to encounter and be caught up in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you know how salt, I did some research, I've I've been kind of down a salt mine, so to speak, (laughs) preparing for this message. You know how salt forms? They find it up against a rock. And for however many hundreds of years, water has been washing over that rock. And the more it washes over it, the more the salt forms and it purifies and it becomes pure salt that's available for use. Think about your life pushed up against the rock with the water of God washing over it and you becoming a resource and a healing attribute to the world around you. That's the opportunity today that we can be salt in our world. That's what happened to me. Growing up in Australia, the great Southland of the Holy Spirit, I just grew up as a good old pagan kid. Never went to church, had nothing to do with the things of God, didn't have a dad who was a pastor or anything like that. Then when I was 17, I lost my mum to cancer. Devastating. My whole world came crashing down, and then shortly thereafter, my dad went in a different direction, and I was not okay with that. And so, in a sense, I was on my own. I was 19 years of age. I was grieving, I was lost, I was hurting, and I needed hope. Shortly after that, I got an invite to go and live with a family. I was in the middle of studying and really just had no place to call home, and they invited me in, and they were Christians. I knew that because I knew they went to church on Sunday mornings, but their kids went to church on Saturday night. And I remember thinking to myself, who goes to church on a Saturday night? I go out, I go to the club on Saturday night, I go do something, I'm, I'm going out, out Saturday night. But on Saturday night, they went to a church called Hillsong in Sydney. And this one Saturday afternoon around five o'clock, I was in the driveway cleaning my truck probably about to go do whatever that night and their son Brett walks out the front door and had a big old Bible in his hand and he was on his way to church and he waved at me, I waved back and he kept on walking and I could see him walking down the driveway and I noticed something, about halfway down the driveway, he turned back. He turned back and he made his way back to me and in just a very simple salty exchange he asked me a question. He said, Matt, what are you doing tonight? You wanna come to church with me? And I remember in that moment thinking, there's a million other things I could do tonight. And it'd probably be good if I said yes and I went to church. So I said, Brett, I'll come to church with you. That night I wandered into a church just like this one. Saturday evening, 6 p.m. service, I walked through the back and made my way to the seat they were taking to me. I saw people with their hands raised in worship and I thought every single one of them was crazy. And I sat through that service. At the end of the service, someone got up and presented the gospel and said this, if you don't have a personal relationship with God, now is your time. And in that moment, as they presented the gospel, I, I recognised my need of Jesus. And at that time, at 19 years of age, I was radically and miraculously saved under the power of God. After that, I met my wife in church. I showed you a picture of my kids. My kids are now growing up with a legacy of faith and a legacy of God in a Christian school. They know the Bible better than me. Here's something. I'm now the pastor of a church. I've been a Christian for over 20 years. What happened? There was one guy who decided to just give me a little bit of salt, invite me to church, and I connected with God's eternal grace and His saving power, and the rest is history, as they say. But can I just encourage you, you can do the same thing for you. Would you stand with me? I wanna pray for you. Maybe you're here today and you walked in and if you're honest, you're a void of hope right now. I'm so glad that you came to church today. Because there's hope for you. Maybe you came in here today and you have been believing the lie that you can't make a difference in your life, that you are not salt in your world. This message was for you. Or maybe you're in here today and you came to church through a random situation of events and you haven't said yes to Jesus today. I wonder if you would be bold enough to believe that there's a God in heaven who orchestrated all of this so that you could be here today. Because that's our God. His grace is incredible. His grace is, it's hard to understand because it's that good. But He offers it and He says, I wanna give it to you. So with every head bowed, eyes closed, if you're in here today, friend, and you don't know God, I would love the opportunity, the privilege and the honour of leading you in a simple prayer of, inviting Him to come into your life and to save you. The Bible says that we're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We all need a Savior. But there's only one way to the Father, and that's through Jesus. As we confess our need of Him, the Bible says we open up our heart to Him. He comes in. He takes up residence in our heart, and we are never the same again. I wonder if you would allow me to pray for you. If you're in here today and you've never said yes to Jesus, if there's never been a moment in your life where you know that you know you said yes to Jesus, I would love to lead you in a prayer. I just need to know who it is that I'm praying for in this moment. So if that's you, I'm gonna count to three. All across this room while no one's looking around, if that's you, when I get to three, I just need you to lift up your hand high enough and long enough for me to see it. I'll acknowledge it. And then I'm just gonna pray for you right where you're at. But if that's you, you're saying, yeah, man, that's me. I wanna make that choice. When I get to three, I just want you to lift up your hands. Here we go. One, two, three. All over this place, wherever you're at. Nice and high, high enough for me to see it. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless 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 you. Thank you, Lord. God bless you. It's awesome. Both hands up in the air. God bless you down here. Sometimes we can we can wonder what the next steps are, what the steps look like, but you don't need to worry about any of that. God takes care of it. We just needed to worry about this step and so say yes. Just like I did. It, was, it took 19 years of my life to know. But I could have a personal relationship with God, and I did not hesitate. Is there anyone else? Beautiful. You can put those hands down. Here's what we're going to do. We're all going to pray together as one big church family. And the people that have already made this choice, what we're doing is we're locking arms with you. We're saying we're with you as you make this choice, as you take this step of faith. So come on, let's all pray together. Let's say, dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you died for me and you rose again so that I could have life. Forgive me of my sins, of all the things I've done wrong. I make a choice today to follow you, Jesus, to be a child of God for the rest of my days and for all of eternity. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, can we thank God for His goodness?